Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sonic Talk, episode uh, 604. This is the post-NAM 2020. In fact, the second episode of uh, 2020, because uh, what with Christmas and the way that NAM fell, I was actually travelling back uh, from NAM, uh, which was uh, from the 16th to the 18th. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in fact, our flight back was delayed. Uh, there was a problem with the, um, with the plane. And we were held for four uh, and four hours and 15 minutes. We were late, uh, which could have been so, so much worse if we were already on the plane. But actually, it happened before we got on the plane. So we got drinks and food vouchers and just hung out in the lounge, which, you know, is that, it's better than being on the plane with no air conditioning. That's for sure. Um, and uh, yeah. So anyway, Nam, last year, this is the, uh, but this is the Sonic Talk podcast. I'm, I'm out of, I'm out of whack. I haven't quite got my, my uh, Sonic Talk head on yet. Uh, but yes, this is Sonic Talk. This is a podcast to do with music technology. For those who don't know, Nam show was last year, last week in uh, Anaheim, California. Massive show. We've just back. We've got all our videos up. Over a hundred videos shot. Lots and lots, countless news items. Lots and lots of content from there. And I'm joined by my guests uh, for this week, all of whom happen to be there. So uh, let's start with uh, Miss Tori Letzler, who's there, ToriLetzler.com. She's a media composer, singer, session singer, all sort of composer, all kinds of stuff, uh, producer, um, and she's at a studio. Is, are you in Marina Del Rey? Is that where you are? Which? Uh... No, this studio is in Santa Monica. Ah, uh, okay. All right, we didn't make it that far. We were hoping to come and visit, but it was just not no. possible. We did get to bump into you. I had a brief, brief yeah. and moving meet. Uh, what well, You were on the Artifon stand, weren't you? Yeah, I was either right before or after I demoed for phone. Um, and uh, the lovely Matt Lang was standing over there as well. So that was, it was fun. Yeah, um, yeah. It was I demoed the, uh, the, the Orba that we talked about. That's right. Yeah, I had a look at that. It does look very promising, that, in terms of uh, potential for uh, professional stuff. But maybe we can get onto that a little bit later. Um, I've also got Mr. Robbie Bronneman there, who's, I think may not have got away with uh, without getting sick after now because I heard a sort of uh, surreptitious nose blow there. No, 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 I haven't actually. I, 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 out of all the people I was with, I think I was one of the lucky ones. I yeah. escaped without anything. Ah, well, that's good. Anyway, yeah. Robbie Bronner, of course, also a uh, media composer, producer, uh, live performer, all of those things. We did actually, I saw you like, I don't know, briefly. I must have spent about 10 minutes talking to yeah. you, man, which is, how many days did you go for? I went for the whole thing because I, I went over to hang out with BT. So, um, yeah, so we were kind of, we were busy doing stuff while we we're over there and I'm um, talking about a project and stuff. So, yeah, I was there every day on and off. Oh, wow. Okay, it's quite a commute. Were you staying locally or did you have to come uh, Yes, locally, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, well, anyway, Robbie, lovely to have you on. And, of course, we also have Mr. Matt Hodson, maths, 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 at maths, 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 who is uh, an educator, modular electronic music artist and performer and all of those things. And uh, Nam, well, uh, until this year, uh, a Nam virgin, if that's uh, not too uh, non-politically correct phrase to use. <laughs> yeah, we can have that. It was my first year and it was great hanging around with you guys. And uh, for you listeners out there, just so you know, these Sonic State crew work tremendously hard. I got to hang out with all the crew backstage and the amount of work that they're doing behind the scenes, getting these videos uploaded, interviewing people, editing, it's phenomenal. So uh, well done, Nick and team. And for all the videos you put out, it's just absolutely fantastic. Oh, so, thank you. Well, yeah, I just thought to say well done. It's the team. It, it's the team. Yeah, the team were functioned yeah. particularly well this year. I want to say thanks Great to Rob, team. who Rob, who you may have seen on early uh, 
ones of our guitar videos. He did a few reviews and he's just technically really clued up. So he runs all of the kind of equipment and and essentially kind of make sure that all the videos get done and he's got a really good workflow uh, although yeah. he does end up sitting at that desk for kind of five days pretty much although we, he did get out and film a couple of things and go and try in fact he was responsible for the uh the boss Waza air getting the best new technology award because he just said it's amazing it sounds amazing uh, i'll have to go and try it out and he went and tried it out and goes Dude, that's amazing. You've got to give it an award of some sort. So we did. Uh, but yes, so that's that's kind of... But yes, thank you so much to the team. There was obviously Gaz was there. Andy was there. Ed was there. Um, there was Jim, uh, Ear Monkey Music, who's in the chat room as well. He did the Sounds Only videos. There was also uh, uh, Mira, who was there. Have I forgotten anybody? Don't think I have. There were seven of us total. And uh, actually... Ed, yeah, I mentioned Ed, and of course Matt was a sort of honorary uh, uh, member of the media team because he couldn't get his pass sorted out for the last-minute plans. So he got to hang out in the palatial media centre, which is basically a series of desks under an escalator. Um, yeah. But this year, we have to say, there was no band at the other side of the, 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 the divider, which made such a huge difference. If you imagine, not for us, but imagine the person who's sitting there editing for five days with a load of bands playing like just the other side of a, a, a slim partition wall. That can kind of drive you a little bit crazy after a while. And so Rob was, I think that's part of the reason he was so on fire, because he wasn't having to put up with all of that stuff. But yeah, all of that's out of the way. I mean, you know, thanks to the sponsors and all of those things, you know make it possible so um okay right well i'm curious uh, well let's go to you matt first because you're a you're, your first time nam what what yeah. overall impressions and kind of perhaps you know a couple of highlights from you what was your what was your what was overall your general impression of the show? Yeah. yeah overall impressions is uh yeah make sure you go with a, a decent pack up and some food because you're gonna you, you might get lost like i did a few times it's that big yeah, you definitely need a couple of days to get around. Prioritize what you're going to go see if you're a first time um, person going because you just, yeah, you prioritize what you want to see because you might not get around it all basically. Yeah. Uh, by the end of the day, you feel like you've been beaten up a little bit because it's just, it's so full on with everything. Um, but what it's, it's really great to meet the people behind the products. It's great to meet those people who have brought their visions to life, whether it's a synth, a guitar pedal, some crazy gadget or something like that. And to talk to them behind it, uh, have a play with it and give them some initial feedback um, and make those connections, basically. Uh, that's a really great thing to do. I, I bumped into so many people that I've, I've only communicated with over email over the past few years. And then it's something like, oh, yeah, hi, how are you doing? Um I, I did love it. I thought it was great. I, I, uh, LA's amazing as well. And I managed to get up to Santa Monica as well, Tori. That was, I really loved it up there. Could move there any day. If, uh, if you know of any jobs going, let me know. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I absolutely loved it. Do you want me to get into any particular products that I? Well, maybe saw let's go. Like, uh, let, Nick, uh, yeah, well, let's well, let's hold off a sec because we, we've got we, okay. we've got plenty of time. I suppose we don't have yeah, to yeah, yeah. To do it all in one go. So okay, well, um, I know Rob. I'll come to you first, Robbie, because you've probably been going maybe longer than Tory. I don't know, and, and probably similar amount of time as me. I mean, in terms of comparisons with previous years how did you feel that was there a kind of difference i mean it was you know what well, was that? i mean it was it was different for me because i haven't been for about four maybe four or five years and all the times i've been in the past i've been presenting for either tc electronic or sonox or whatever in the past so this was the first time i'd just gone out just to not be 
doing anything in that respect. So it kind of gives you a bit of a different perspective because you're not standing in a booth all day, are you? But um, no, I mean, it was, um, it, was, it was good. I mean, you know what it's like. Everybody kind, of, everybody kind of sees all the announcements on the internet before the show. So I was kind of expecting it to be kind of a bit like, sort of like, oh, there's nothing really interesting to see for the first time. But I was surprised there were quite a few things that we kind of stumbled upon. So, yeah, I, I think it was, um, it, it, seemed, it seemed as kind of buoyant as it ever did. So it seems to be music technology is definitely not dying, is it? No, and you know some people are sort of saying that shows that generally are kind of a dying breed, but Nam seems to be bucking that trend for sure. I mean, I know Tori for me with the new halls. I mean, it seems bigger than ever. I mean, it it really felt bigger. There was very little dead space, and I think last year there was some, and this year there was hardly any. The biggest difference for me between this year and last year was, um, is it Hall B slash C where like the main synth area is? Yeah. Um, it just exploded this year as compared to last year. And I don't know what happened last year. I know some bigger companies are kind of taking um, NAM and doing things off site now, like Moog, as opposed to like, you know, showing in the hall. But this year felt like it, it was very cool to me. Um, I actually feel like I enjoyed myself more than I usually do. Um, I was able to really walk around and mess around with things and visit with people from companies and not feel too overwhelmed, but also not feel like I was, you know, gypped out of what I wanted to see. Because last year it just felt very sparse in that area. And I don't really know why. Well, um, I th- yeah. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I've been... Sorry. Oh, sorry. sorry. I-, I think it's because uh, the Superbooth effect, lots of people went to Superbooth and uh, maybe for the first time the previous year and then didn't have the budget for NAM. But obviously, if the, if, if the industry is generally doing OK, some of those people came back. But I think also it was to do with the scheduling of the booths. They brought everybody back together in a sort of more dense collection of synthness, whereas yeah. they tend to... that that There was a year where that didn't happen and it really it, it was felt very disparate. Where And they brought the year before Superbooth, they really brought it all together in a very tight area and it was massive and the heart of the show. And it was, it had a feeling of that again, even though obviously there wasn't as much new stuff as, you know, to everybody because a lot of it got pre-announced. No, I totally agree. And I mean, sure, there wasn't a ton of new stuff, but I mean, there's so much, especially with modular that I haven't played with in person yet. It's hard to all the time. So when I go to a place like that, it's like, you know, going into a giant store, I can mess with all the things that I've been reading about for weeks on end. Um, and, and it just felt enjoyable to me. I pretty much didn't leave that area except to go to one of the hotels. So I thought it was nice and I didn't get sick. Yeah, well, that's always a bonus, <laughs> isn't it? I don't think I don't think any of our team got sick either. I mean, apart from the usual just feeling crappy, you know, because you run down. I don't. I think we all managed to get away. I haven't spoken to Ed since, but uh, I think he's done okay. So, you know, that's great. Um, but we managed to get to Seal Beach for a couple of days afterwards, which was very nice because it's, it's a, like a little one-horse town with just one high street, at least the old part. And so you can just wander about and it's, there's, there's just no music, no namness. It's almost gone as soon as you enter the end of the, it was very, very nice. And you're really close to the ocean. Okay. So, um, well, so, so am, I, am, I, am I right in thinking then there was, there was a little bit more of an explosion with the modular, um, output yeah. there at the conference this I year. I think so. Yeah. Along I with all so. the synths, Yeah. 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 I think there was That's what a few people said. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, always keeps it going, keeps Ed busy as well. So, I mean, in terms of um, some of the stuff that we have, we've got, I've got the, the, the I don't know if it's the big three, but uh, what's this one? Hey, this Mark, is, how you doing? So, yeah, Jupiter uh, XM. So Roland Booth and the big boy, right? The big fella, Jupiter X. Very exciting. 
So tell us about it. I mean, we've seen the XM. Um, what's different, I mean, apart from size? So basically, that is all that's pretty much different because it's exactly the same engine in the Jupiter X that is in the Jupiter XM. The benefit, of course, is that we have our brand new 61-note keyboard with aftertouch, which is the same keyboard that's in our brand new Phantom. Plus, we have a plethora of sliders, buttons and knobs that look... So there you have it. That was the XM because uh, that was trailed uh, the release last year but wasn't available. Now it's working, it's there, and it's part of the new Zencore thing with Roland, which Roland were pushing very hard. So you've got the Phantom, new Phantom's got a Zencore engine. The uh, Jupiter XM has got the Zencore engine. The X has got a Zencore engine. And so's that funny, that, that Kitar, that's got a Zencore engine, which means <laughs> they will all make the same sound, which I, I, I'm, I'm questioning the wisdom of perhaps taking that approach because it, yeah. it makes everything feel homogenous and then what's special about any of it apart from the, bo the box they put yeah. in which kind of yeah. i mean i understand why and i understand the connection because they're trying to join all the plug-in all the online stuff all the cloud stuff together get you an account subscribe make it all kind of like interchangeable and it makes from a business point of view it makes absolute sense but from a sort of emotional point of view i, I don't know how i feel about it it feels a little mm. bit kind of cold i know i heard you i heard you um in agreement there robbie it's funny did you get to play i yeah. mean it sounds fantastic in terms of punch and quality but it's it's also quite generic yeah, I stood, I stood there waiting for about half an hour to play it because Matt Bellamy from Muse was kind of hogging it for a while. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, what do I think about it? I, I've got a bit of a weird feeling about it because we all hold the Jupiter 8 in such like sort of revered status. And with all the talk of like not, not pillaging the past and moving forward, I just find it weird this still kind of dressing stuff up like things from the old when they're not from the old. <laughs> So I, I almost wish there wasn't a product that didn't try and try and, you know, kind of give it that lineage. Um, but I mean, it's a very powerful when you look at the sum of the parts, it's a very powerful kind of set of tools you've got. Yeah. Again, it's a little bit weird having like a full v, v piano stage piano on a 61 note plastic unweighted keyboard. I just don't I don't kind of see how that's particularly useful. But in terms of raw power, like you say, across the whole range, it's um. I can see why they're trying to kind of keep them consistent. And I guess it's going to be a really good workhorse for, for live people to take out who don't want to have a big, like, 88-note kind of sort of motive phantom kind of thing. So I'm sure it's going to do well. And it's quite pricey, isn't it? It's about two and a half grand, which is interesting, which yeah. means you could buy a Jupiter XM and an A88 Mark II, which is 88 keys, yeah, for about good. the same price, which means you'd have to end up with more keys and they'd be... Better, yeah, more flexible rig. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's nice know. actually. The 88 Mark II because we with Howard, we had I think we've got about six of those 88 Mark ones that we had for all our various different you know our cases we had built with with lighting inside because they were like a really nice narrow 88 note keyboard. But um, we always kind of berated the fact there wasn't more hands on control. So that new Mark II A88 yeah, looks kind of really, really uh, hit the mark for that point of view. Yeah, I know, um, Tori. Do, do do these kind of keyboards? I mean, I know in in sound design world and media composing world, there are there's often like a trend, isn't there? It's like everybody has a tr had a try and everybody had this. Everybody has the Spitfire library. There yeah. are, there are certain things that kind of make it into that environment that everybody has because there may be a, a set of sounds. Do you, do you think that the the, the Zencore or the Jupiter X has the potential for that? Because there's there's also an element of 
if you had one behind you, it would be photogenic and it would sort of be your muscle car that kind of somehow gave you credentials that why would you need that anyway? Do you know what I mean? It's like the photo op is almost part of it, right? I hate that. I hate the photo op thing. And that sounds bad because I am a, I use a lot of social media, but like uh, the biggest thing for us over here is uh, we run out of space for large keyboards. We have a lot yeah. of the, the Roland boutique since, um, and they're literally just like, I can't even, I can't show you, but I have a drawer here that pulls out in the desk and they're in there all wired. You just pull them out, use them at will and then push them back in. Um, I'm sure it sounds great. I didn't have a chance to play it. Um, I kind of got stuck in, in one little area. That being said, like, I, I just don't need another large keyboard. Um, I would yeah. love if they, you know, came up with something that's smaller. Anytime that I can get a desktop option or something that has the same power, but without the giant key bed that I don't have a use for, um, I, I would love that. But I think to what Robbie said, I think for live, it'll probably be fantastic. I'm sure it sounds great. Um, but for me, it just, it doesn't serve too much of a purpose. Would I like say no to having one? Not, I wouldn't, but I don't know. It's, it's not something that out of what I saw this year, it's not the most exciting. Mm, that's true. I, I hesitated to come to you, Matt, because I, I know, you know, the big keyboard instruments are not your kind of thing so much. But I mean, the whole concept of the Zen core kind of being this, this, it's almost, you know, we've. It's, it's almost like the um, the way that they get when, when they develop a, any synth company develops a new synthesis technology, and they then roll it out to a number of things, and and you get different versions of it. This just seems like yeah. almost kind of distilling it down to a very almost a kind of cynical repurposing yeah. of of that. I don't know. It feels a bit. Yeah, it's it's, it's not very. There's no, where's the magic? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, I guess. I've been trying to think, you know, is this them testing the waters? Is this rolling testing the waters for something else? Are they bringing no, something in no, here to try no. something out? No, if that's not no. the case, then I don't know what's going on with it. Um, uh, because I have to agree, it's, unless I was playing live and I needed to throw up a preset on the keyboard that I'm using that I built in the studio on another, on another keyboard that I can't bring out live with me, then happy days. If it was some sort of um, testing the water for something further down the line that as a product they might bring in somehow this new technology of sharing patches and that kind of thing um, yeah it's, then that, that, that's quite interesting but yeah. sounds like not that raises a point but like robbie i mean if the phantom has got yeah. the same sound engine it it's roughly the same price it's a little bit more expensive isn't yeah, it yeah i mean so do you get the phantom or do you get the jupiter x what's the what's well the... Do, you, do you like you say it'd be much more flexible to have like an a88 be able to put something like that above it and, and 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 you know and, and hook into it for like the piano side of things, and still be able to use the synth side of things. I think Tori brings up a good point though, because I'm in the same situation. I've got, you know, my studio is is like um, pretty compact. Which and actually the reason I'm not in there today is because it's an absolute disarray. Because I just bought <laughs> a Behringer D, uh, the the Model D, the Pro One, the the all of them, all the all those little desktop units, and the and the Hydrosynth desktop. And I decided to try and and four SQ1 sequences, <laughs> and I tried, decided decided to try and hook it all up last night, and I've caused total mayhem, and it just looks like a bomb site, which is why I'm upstairs. But um, <laughs> I just haven't I haven't got room I haven't got room for anything with a keyboard. Like the last keyboard I bought was the Waldorf Quantum last year, and that was like the last space I had, and it was like it has to be something really special to to uh, you know to warrant using up this space. So. I was actually, I'm kind of like, it's nice to see a trend 
you know, I said the show with things like the modal, you know, with the Argon coming yeah. out as a nice tiny little desktop, really great, and the Hydrosynth coming out as a desktop because it means, you know, you can get a lot more synths, like Tori says, like tucked away in drawers and things instead of having endless keyboards looking like Rick Waitman in your studio. So, yeah. yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, well, we can we can revisit this again, but we still got a, a couple of messages from our friends. Uh, we'll start with our friends over at Splice because find the perfect kick synth preset. Here's what they've got: melody on Splice, plus millions of other royalty-free one-shots and loops, with more added daily. Zero in on the perfect sound, filtered by tags like genre, BPM, key, and instrument. Or search for something else like a feeling or a mood. Browse, search, and preview all your sounds right from the Splice desktop app and seamlessly drag and drop them directly into your DAW. Your sounds and presets are available everywhere you make music. Keep them forever, no matter what. And of course, Splice are offering a 30 day free trial, actually. It's normally only 14, but you can get a 30 day free trial uh, of uh, their 100 credits per month plan, uh, which is essentially you get 100 free sounds. As we know, a lot of services like Splice are really ballooning in terms of just being making it really easy to grab stuff. Uh, you use the code SonicState100, and the URL I'll put in the show notes because I'm never going to read it right because it's upper and lower case and a mixture of numbers, but it's a specific URL. It showed up in the video, but I'll stick it also in the show notes and check that out and we thank them for their support of the sonic talk thank you very much so okay well um so okay tori what was what was the highlight for you then was there a kind of moment where you go oh wow that's that's something i didn't expect or something that you thought was going to be maybe a bit meh and was wasn't was really good um a couple of things i know it's not super new but i finally got to try out the hydrosynth um, oh, and yeah. told you really, really loved it. <laughs> I yeah, you. got to actually. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and actually, on the inverse of me saying I don't like keyboards, uh, for that one, because the keyboard version comes with the pitch, uh, the strip, that was exciting to me. Um, I don't know if I end up getting one, if I'll get the desktop version or the, the keyboard with the strip. Um, but I sat there for a while and I thought it sounded just as good as I was hoping. Um, yeah. In terms of modules, uh, Make Noise, um, it's not actually out yet, but they had one on the floor. And I'm going to totally botch this name. I apologize. It's the Desmodos. It's their reverb that's coming out. It's like a black module and it's got a little bat on the front because they're um, giving some of their proceeds to like bat conservation. And I love when companies do stuff like that. We should have, there should be a tie in with me for that, surely. I don't know why they haven't been in touch. Good grief. <laughs> Okay, I, we didn't see but, that. Um, I'm just looking for that. It, uh, that. That's one we didn't get, which is a bit disappointing, but yeah. uh, you can't get everything. I I want it very much when it comes out. Um, I have a lot of their stuff, and I like it uh, a lot. I don't know when. I asked them multiple times when it's coming out, and they were like, oh, sometime this year. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, a lot of that going on. Uh, what else did I... Oh, I finally got to... So we talked about the Orba on the show from Artifone, and I was skeptical about it. Um, and then they got in contact with me and said, well, why don't you come test it out when you're at the show? And I did, and I did a little demo with it and only as a controller, I didn't get to test out the, um, synth engine that's in it. Um, it wasn't ready, but, uh, I used it as a controller. I built a track live. Yeah. You know what? I was really pleasantly surprised. And I'm not just saying that because I went and did the demo. Um, I went in with low expectations and came out very happy. So I think for someone who travels on the road, especially if you're like an EDM producer, 
and you want a really easy controller that you can assign to different things. Um, it's also velocity sensitive, which I didn't know when we were talking last time and I was filled in about. So that was uh, the inexpensive surprising thing of the day. Um, I went by Dave Smith and that was great as usual, but again, another keyboard and trying to think what else. I tried to go to play with the ARP 2600 and there was like a 30 yeah. minute line forget and, that. and anyway what, what's the point you're never going to be able to buy one they've sold out doubly already so um, see but i'm wondering it says fs on it for full size mm. and i feel like maybe we're going to get a smaller one or i'm hoping we're gonna maybe we will one. and of course there's the behringer well i mean behringer also sort of hijacked yeah. the show a little yeah. bit by putting videos up with the oh, the, yeah. the nam 2020 tie which is a bit a bit cheeky but i mean you know they do what they do and that's fine uh, and that looks <laughs> kind of interesting and that but that's the one that's with the mod with all the kind of leds on the top uh, but i i don't think it's got the speakers or the spring but i don't and we don't know what the final price of that is going to be so i'm not sure but yeah i take your point um uh Matt, what about you? What was your kind of uh, your your big kind of wow moment? Um, if you had one or moments? Yeah, well, it was great to play on the Super Six by Udo. Ah, yeah, okay. Game. Yeah, I mean, man, just <laughs> what a synth! I mean, it is so great. It's so playable, and when you're there with the team and the developers, and you're and you're watching and play with it, how they can go from sounds so radically with just a few few dials it's so versatile so well thought out sounds so fantastic low end in it is fantastic not just for pads but you know for bass lines and all sorts of stuff um I, I got a chance to really dig in a little bit and play with some of the modulation on it um you know playing around with things like modulating the decay time using an lfo and that kind of thing it just it breathes it's vibey you know i'm always on about vibey stuff in a studio it it's a vibey, playable, performative synth. Sounds great. Interesting, and it, and it has a keyboard, which is not not usually yeah. your bag, is it? So that's that. As that's a keyboard, something. it's got me. So uh, yeah, there we go. What can I say? It's turned um, him. <laughs> it's turned me. The black and white keys are coming. Uh, the noise engineering modules. I really like those. The new ones that they that they had on offer. There was some. There's a really tasty filter which has got a distortion on it. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the names of the modules because they're just bizarre. <laughs> but absolutely love them. Uh, I think I've got think the a uh, new... video. Have you got it there? Yeah. Uh, I've some... got the video of... Uh... An oscillator. There's a filter. I think there's a MIDI CV. Oh, yeah. I meant... Did I say make Good noise? Boy. I meant noise engineering. Ah, yeah. I think that's what somebody said. Okay. Ah, so okay. Sorry. Of those. I always... Yeah, well... That was what was the confusing. It's poor branding. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's their fault. I just, um, there's yeah, so I much noise. <laughs> I, yeah, I totally noise. know what you mean, Tori. That, that reverb that they had, I got to play with that. Because uh, yes. I, I was, I spent a bit of time with them. I was like, right, okay, I, I want to, what I tend to do here a lot is I send reverbs into distortions and uh, in stereo. And that's, I, I love that sort of thing. And then maybe even into another distortion again, just for good measure. And I was like, come on then, let's do it on yours. So we got we got a stereo oscillator and we pumped that into that new reverb, which, yeah, it is really good. And then we put it through a um, stereo filter and it was it was exactly the sort of sound that I was after. Loads of tweakability, totally no noisy, FME, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, of course, the, the ARP 2600, I got to have a little play on that. And, whoa, yeah, happy days, really good. No chance of getting one, though, 
It seems like they've sold them all out. So yeah. uh, they, they were only making four hundred of that size. Yeah, they said, but they've got yeah. to be making a different size, and that and that is where Beringer's Beringer's cunning comes into play because they just went out with that and they've got one. You know, it's not ready yet, but it's going to be ready. And it, 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 but it, it won't have. I mean, I think the reverb and the speakers are part of the charm. I mean, not everybody's going to need that, but if you've got a reverb on it, hasn't it? But it's just a digital emulation spring. Uh, Okay, I got you. Okay, well. Yeah, it's interesting that, that there's something about the magic of it. It, it. It's a beautiful object, and yet people kind of say mm. it costs too much money. It's like three three thousand two hundred mm. quid or something, or four thousand bucks. But you've got a case, and you've got the keyboard, which is is also very versatile and has sequencing and MIDI and CV and stuff on it. So you're getting quite a lot for that. I don't think it's unreasonable. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm getting a little bit t- tired of seeing that. I'll wait for the Behringer thing to come along because you know, yeah. It, Sure. Okay. Well, great. I mean, if everybody's <laughs> going to use that as an excuse, then it's like we're doomed, aren't we? Really? I mean, mm. some things are expensive um, for a reason, you know, because they cost yeah. a lot to make, and that's the way it goes. But anyway, I know, I'm Robbie. So... What? Oh, sorry. Oh. I was say I'm so scared to say anything about Behringer on here again because I got crucified last time. But like, <laughs> it's just it's a matter of like I don't think it's that much for what it is. But it, if you want to pay for one versus the other, you're getting a different product at a different price point and a different point of quality. So. If you yeah. can't afford the other one and you can't afford the Behringer version of whatever comes out, then more power to you. But you are getting a different type of product. It is true. But what's what's cunning about or what's clever about this is you can't actually buy any more of those 2600 yeah. they make. So you won't get any choice. So it's perfect. You know, it's like, oh, a limited edition. Don't worry. We've got a bunch here. Brilliant. You know, that's that's fine. I guess it's, you know, that's not a problem. So, Robbie, what about for you? You were there for all the whole well, time. I mean, what was? I mean, the hydrosynth. I mean, that's why I got the... I got the desktop actually because I've already got a, a roll, you know, a Rise 49. So I've got all this. I can connect it up to do all the kind of. That was my thinking about getting a desktop version. Um, <laughs> but um, the show, yeah, I mean, the, the Super 6. I mean, funnily enough, I remember going to see the original prototype built in a wooden case by my friend down the road. You know, George showed me the original. And he, you know, everybody was laughing because everybody knows how much I hate wood, and the whole thing was just wood, <laughs> wood with knobs on. It was like he said, "This is my new synth," and I was like, mm. <laughs> "It's a wooden Geppetto synth." But anyway, um, uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's great to see that fully come into kind of you know to that kind of stage because I've I've kind of seen it quite a long, quite a few times along the way, and um. It's just so great how much of a quality product it is. You know, you move those sliders and everything, and it just feels like a really substantial, well-engineered synth, which is kind of unusual. You know, there's not many synths out there that are like that. Well, and, I'd um, say the Hydra is. Hydra yeah, the Hydra is, Hydra is another one. For the but, price, I mean, what yeah. I'm saying is that, you know, we've had a long time of wobbly faders and lots of synths that are kind of a bit, you know, like that. And um, it's the only synth that's making me a little bit kind of wondering where I'm going to put it because I do want to get one and I literally don't know where I'm going to put one yet but I do want to get that so that was probably although I'd seen it I've seen it quite a few times since before uh, I really do think that's a kind of a it's a real tour de force that's in and it's going to become a real centerpiece for a lot of people set up yeah I mean it is it is a little bit more expensive than I'd like, you know, because yeah. I, I want them to sell a lot and do well because George is a great guy. The team are fantastic. Yeah. And I understand because his background is sort of uh, medical engineering and Formula One engineering, which, which and a, sort of aviation quality stuff, which is why 
he's he's really kind of you know when you see him there he's going no, it, it, when I had when he was here doing the the shoot for us he was taking synths that we had and he was sort of feeling the quality of the faders and knowing what it was or these switches yeah we looked at those but we went for these other ones it's all about the kind of tactile quality and I yeah. think that vision is absolutely awesome and I really hope that that through through the the numbers they can they can make things that cost well, a little bit less you know just. Fun. I know yeah. I've been saying it's not every, everything has its cost, but you know that just feels like that cheaper, a little cheaper would help them out, you know, to a degree. The funny thing was, I saw I bumped into George down at Perfect Circuit because there was like a a synth thing down there. I saw the motor synth and all that kind of thing. But he was like, he was just going around all the synths in the shop trying them. And and, and funnily enough, I said to him, "What do you like?" And he goes, "I really like that one. It's got a really good. The knobs are amazing." <laughs> Yeah. So his his criteria about what how he was judging the sound, but he was also really judging the guy. I don't like the printing on that one. You know, yeah. it was all of those things. It's really an aesthetic, and I think that's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that is. But definitely... um, yeah, no, I think it's um, I think it's I think it's a reality check, isn't it? Because initially, I think he he said that he was hoping they were going to build them all in Bristol, and then the reality of numbers involved, and you know, getting proper industrial design done by. Axel Hartman and having all these bespoke components you want, it just suddenly mounts and mounts and mounts and suddenly it becomes like a a big entity, doesn't it? So yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, that's just the way it goes. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think that there was... Uh, there were, I mean, there, there's still so much more. I mean, there, there's since. I mean, I, I didn't. I, did we play this one? This is yeah. Blake. I don't know if you saw yeah, the Yamaha YC. We're on. We're on. I didn't hey, see that. I'm here. Didn't see that. Nick that was over in the Sonic Yamaha State, booth. I'll, I'll fast friend. forward it a Hello. bit. He played some demos. Uh, and that's sort of probably going. It's a really good organ emulation, and it sort of takes that kind of reface quality. And it, the build quality It's an expensive thing, um, but it, it, it's a real player. It feels like a more of a player's thing than perhaps the Jupiter X, you know, even though some of those sounds have a commonality, you know, I'm sure the Jupiter X has got organs and like you say, V piano or whatever. Same with the Yamaha. Yamaha. And I'm Is that big like shout a, going up against the Nord? I suppose, yeah, I suppose to a degree it's kind of going for that sort of thing. I know, Tori, I know you're, uh, we should, uh, we should disclaimer you're a Yamaha artist. I mean, have you had your hands on the YC? Yeah. Is it? I played with it when I went over to see the ridiculously large photo of my face that was oh, over yeah, there. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, there was one right below that. And I did get to mess around with it. The unfortunate thing, this is nothing against Yamaha, that area was so loud when I went over there that even with headphones, it was like near impossible for me to hear. I would yeah. love another shot at being able to mess with it. But... That being said, it is a really cool organ, and it does have um, synth aspects to it as well. I thought it was a cool instrument. It's not necessarily something I would use on a daily mm. basis, but, I mean, everything they make is good quality. It certainly is. It's a funny story about that. I went over to film the YC, and uh, Blake, uh, they were being very accommodating, but at the time, uh, Dom, who's one of the other demonstrators, they were setting up with, because the streaming guys, they were doing live streaming, and they come over from Europe, and they were setting up all the presets and kind of getting the, the mix of the setup. And we were looking around the other side of this wall, and we were like, okay, we need to plug this in, and he just unplugged something and plugged something else in. And the guys from the streaming setup came around and go, what happened? We just lost all the power, and we hadn't saved any of our presets. And I was like, oh my God. It wasn't me that pulled the plug i'd like to say it, it was like oops that was a big oops what? they were they were very diplomatic <laughs> i heard they're from germany i heard a scheiße one and that was it 
There was no more, but yeah. Those guys are so nice too. They're they're very, very good. Um, Okay, well, um, let's just have a quick, um, because we haven't had anything from our friends over at Isotope. And of course, they're a big part of uh, this show as well in terms of the competition. So you can win a full copy of Ozone 9. Your legacy in audio mastering. Ozone 9 brings balance to your mix with never before seen processing for low end. Real-time instrument separation and lightning-fast workflows powered by machine learning. Expect lower CPU usage and shorter startup times with Ozone 9 compared to Ozone 8. Experience fluid metering in a fully resizable environment that lets you track the most subtle details of your audio. Use more plugins at once, mix while you master without worrying about slowdowns or dropouts. And immerse yourself in a smooth, modern experience designed to keep you in your creative flow. As you can see, Ozone 9 is the fastest way to get your master off the ground. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to check out our other videos and head to isotope.com to learn more about mixing and mastering and to download your free trial of Ozone 9. Indeed you can. And of course, uh, we had a competition, uh, as we always do for them. Uh, competition for this week is uh, where you can win a full copy of Ozone 9 Advance, which uh, is the one with the extra metering. And also, I think it's got all the sort of RMS stuff, which is really useful, particularly if you're doing YouTube stuff, because you can make sure you meet the exact requirements now that, they've, that they're putting in. I must admit, I haven't done that yet. Anyway, um, we're looking for the hashtag full power mixes and the hashtag Ozone 9 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And that's a Twitter competition, so you need the hashtag full power mixes. That's one word, and the hashtag ozone nine, the number nine, to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And we also have a winner from last week uh, or last show, and this is a chap called Circuit Three. Uh, would be great for the album I'm mixing, uh, which is cool because uh, I've checked him out. Actually, he's got a check this out. Very synthy and lots of bottom end on that. It's very kind of. Uh, it's, it's got a Newman-esque quality to it, so do check that out. Yeah. That's Circuit 3. But I, I, anyway, if you want to get in touch, Circuit 3, you've got a copy of Ozone 9 Advance coming your way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh gosh, there's so, there were a lot of products here, and it's very hard to kind of figure out what to focus on. Um, I mean, what else have I got in my list? Oh, let's say one thing that we did miss, we didn't get to, a chance to go and see modal. I reviewed the Argon 8 just before, which I, I could thoroughly recommend. It's a very good-sounding instrument, actually. And I, yeah. one of my criticisms was not enough keys or maybe a module, a module version, and there yeah. they have, and they announced them. So I, I'd like to feel <laughs> I had some sort of responsibility for that, but honestly, uh, I had nothing to do with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a good one uh other stuff we mixed what missed what else did we have uh gosh i'm trying to think oh yeah did we see this this is the korg thing um this is the this is the op six that was just in a case yeah kind of nobody everybody was kept stum about it they said oh no i don't know anything about it it's like yeah right you know of course you don't Somebody actually had to put that in a case but they were they were being very tight-lipped and it's going to be out at super move looks like a fully featured FM synth, and I'm hoping uh, it'll have at least the, uh, the 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 effects of the. Um, oops, I've got to stop that. The effects of the XD. I mean, I did that with XD, possibly more. That looks kind of cool, but they wouldn't say anything. So that's something to look out for. Um, uh, what else? I mean, I've got a massive list of videos here. Sorry. Did you get speaking of FM? Did you get to try that Mega FM? That no. It's got the two. Because I didn't, I saw that after the show on a video, and I wish I'd got a chance to have a try of it. I didn't get the chance to do that. Actually, that was uh, unfortunately. I mean, 
the way it goes at the show now, we've got three video teams shooting and I get to do some of them, but a lot of the time I'm going around doing the kind of fresh flesh pressing and, and being the being the, the business guy as well. So I don't actually get to see a lot of this stuff and I'm not editing all of the videos. So some of this stuff I'm discovering for myself. Uh, Nordwave 2, of course, that was one that came out. That looks kind of interesting with the, I think it's got a gig around and you can drop your own samples in it, which also means... Um, that makes it a little bit more applicable for live players because I know, like Robbie, you know, most keyboard players that are live, they need some sounds, but quite often they're triggering samples and triggering loops as well that, you know, bits of the record that yeah. they can't. So that looks like a promising thing. I mean, kind of still expensive, um, but that's as quite, a standalone thing. Sorry. That's quite interesting. That, uh, Lumatone. Did you, did you get to play with that yourself, Nick? I did no, Luma That's the microtonal keyboard, wasn't it? I, let me yeah. see. Yeah. Now, I know that's focused at microtonal playing but i was also wondering if it goes into a mode whereby you could use it in a traditional way so people like me who don't like black and white keys you can you could maybe use that as your front end for composing i was just wondering if it could do that maybe uh so this is really the cool. lumitane isomorphic keyboard uh watch the video mm. i don't know if it's actually started yet but no i haven't seen this yet uh let's see giant's causeway with leds yeah, unplayable unless you spend a lot of time. Yeah. 275 keys, uh, microtonal programming, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, I could just imagine a keyboard rig of the future that's got, you've got one of those, you've got a Roly, you've got an Osmos, each one requiring completely different playing techniques and finger techniques. Yeah. It's going to be a bit confusing, I think, in the fu this future that we're building for ourselves. I'm a sucker for stuff like that. Are you, are you, are, how can, so. Anything that looks like very cool and also does something different and like gets me out of my normal, like sitting at a regular, like we, I have key, both of our desks have keyboards built into them. So like anytime I get to like, ugh, I think it's why I like modular so much. It just puts you out of your comfort zone and makes you like create differently. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a real sucker yeah. for that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I know it's four grand this. Does that make any difference? Oh. And it doesn't make yeah, any sense. Yeah, that makes a difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. The, um, I was speaking of controllers. I was I was sad the Osmos wasn't at the show. I yeah. rushed over to their booth to have a go on it, and they were like, "Oh no, it's gone to the factory. The only prototype." And I was like, "Oh no." Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, they made a point. They made a point because, I mean, obviously, that's the prototype. That's going to the factory for the for the comparison for the final build. And also, it's getting a bit rough and and, and trashed, or not trashed, you know, worn, I suppose. And, and they didn't really want to show up with that because it might make people think, oh... What's this all about? Um, but I, I, I can totally recommend you. Yeah, yeah, you want to try that? It's astonishing. And I, I, I want know. it. I want it. I want it so badly. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Did you pre-order? Did you? Did you jump? I did. I didn't know because I, I, I've totally forgot about it till it's too late. But um, um, I'm, I've, yeah, I've, I've got, a, I've got the other one from them. I'll, I'll see what I, what I can do later on in the year. Ah, okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, um, so what else was there? there, there I mean, there is... I, I'm looking for my NAMM page I mean, now. Also, just, just on controllers, Nick, um, obviously you were saying, like, in the future you've got Roly and then you've got you've got this... Uh, well, I've forgotten the name of it already. The Luma... Lumus, Lumina, whatever it's called. Um, but then we've also got things like... That's the Illuminati. The, uh, <laughs> then we've also got things like MPE, and then there was also MIDI 2.0. Oh yes, big. Well, which yeah. actually, well, actually, it was voted as it's now a thing. It was voted well, that's by. It. The, 
uh, on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, are manufacturers now keeping all of this in mind as we're moving forward with controllers and keyboards, Mini 2.0, MPE, what other kind of things that they need the to be integrating and using? Yeah, well, the A88 Mark II, is, it, it's MIDI 2.0 ready, which as far as I understand is a bit right. like having a TV that's HD ready, which means it's actually 720, not 1080. You know, it's one of those <laughs> things. I mean, yes, it will. I mean, the, 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 I think what's going to happen with MIDI 2.0, I mean, all this capability is coming on board, but there's going to have to be a whole layer of uh, new sort of logic and library for dealing with like, you know, 16-bit velocity values and that stuff. You know, how mm. do you read that? How do you design the curves? All of those codes will start to have to come into kind of uh, uh, modern parlance before uh, and then added to the to the controller layer of a synth. Because, I mean, you know, plugins and all of that, they, they all have massive potential um, uh, granularity. It's just they're, they're being controlled by... By you know eight bit stuff and mid and original MIDI, so yeah. this I think it's going to make a big difference, but it's going to take a li a little while. Um, I mean the Bohm's yeah. controller will do it. There was something else that's going to be MIDI. Oh, uh, the Sapario. Did anyone see that? The you know little box that I reviewed some time ago. The Italian guy, which is uh, it's touchscreen with MIDI ins and outs and a USB host mode. He's made a bigger one of those. And it's really good because you can set up splits and zones and program changes and SysX and all kinds of stuff. It now take a MIDI. Uh, it will take a host controller hub, so you can plug in. What's tons. it called, Nick? It's called the Lab for Music Sapario. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, music for labs. Music for yeah. Uh, oh, uh, music <laughs> lab for music. Sorry, I I got that wrong. Here we go. I can throw this in here. I think I've got it. Let me just drop it on the drop it here. He's already on the this market. Guy. This is prototype at the moment. Oh, that's oh yeah, interesting. Same concept. It's got yeah. a touch screen. You can design the interface. And I used it at the heart of my live setup because you can just go bang, next song, and it'll go route this keyboard to this synth, route this keyboard Wicked. to that synth, route it back to itself, but only on half the keyboard. The, the lower half could be the bass. It will send program changes right. out to everything. Um, that's uh, that's going to be that. MIDI 2.0 as well. Yeah, that you, looks cool. Yeah. It, that looks awesome, yeah. It, it's the sort of thing that you don't think you need until you kind of go, wait, I just want my MIDI my MIDI patch bay and everything to be sorted. It's kind of like a software yeah. uh, MIDI routing thing. It's really, they're really cool. And he's a lovely guy as well. Um, gosh, mm. what else? Yeah, MIDI so we, also, so we also had interfaces, didn't we? We've got the SSL interfaces, yep. uh, the IK multimedia, Audient, lots yeah, the of- The Evo, lots of yeah, new. the Audient Evo. Yeah. Yeah. So they were all cool. They were all interesting and good to see because some- Particularly a semi-affordable SSL little interface there for your front-endy studio app, great. Um, but I didn't see any. I was hoping to see some um, some more USB high-end mixers that allow you to do, um, you know, USB straight in and out of the of the computer, sixteen thirty-two input, I/O over USB. Uh, pre or post fader most of them are just pre fader at the minute I, i'd really like a a kind of modern contemporary performative mixer rather than one of these kind of standalone set your levels press record but something that integrates with with people like myself who perform when we're composing if you like and uh, and i'd like to see something like that on the market so uh, i would i had my out for something like that maybe you guys saw something i don't know i didn't i mean there's a uh, no i didn't see that i know robbie because you do you have a desk in your setup or are you i don't have getting... anything I've, no, I've just got three apollos and i just everything just goes into those yeah and to use the console front end 
Um, no, I, I long, I long, I used to have desks, but um, I just love the workflow of, of just having everything permanently plugged up and piped in and ready to go. Yeah, that makes so, sense. But I do, I actually do, actually speaking of desks, I've, 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 over the years I've had a love-hate relationship with so many different controllers like Euphonics, <laughs> U control ones and all the logic control ones and stuff. But I think I probably would like to get the soft tube you know the fader pack and their, yeah. their controller. I, now it seems to, to be like a really mature product that seems like really useful. So I probably will get that. And that will integrate with UA as well. I don't, I'm told yeah, you, exactly. you're a UA, are you a UA person? I, I don't know. You've got a desk over there, but what do you use for interfacing your end? Um, what do we have? I mean, uh, no, I'm getting the uh, Apollo the Quad, but I'm trying to think. Yeah, not really. Oh, um, that's interesting. Okay. Actually, that brings up another point, which uh, is the UAD Luna uh, announcement. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask about. Oh, yeah. Which is, it, it was, I, I've got a, a story about that because they trailed it. We got the pre-roll uh, and they, they very kindly sponsored the show or one of the sponsors of the show. And uh, I couldn't figure out for the life of me what it was. And then I had a meeting. I had a meeting with um, what happened is a lot of the people, the UA people, uh, actually, I've got this somewhere. I think I might have it. Is it this one? Hey, how you doing, Lara? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Here we so go. Today's the big day. We've been having all the mystery of what is Luna, and uh, you've got the kind of you're dressed like kind of uh, space space guys and gals. I here. wanted so one of those jackets. What is Luna? Yeah. Now I can actually <laughs> ask you a question. So, what is Luna? So, Luna really is the best way to integrate Apollo into a bigger picture recording, editing, mixing, production, music creation environment. So, the DAW, it's basically. Paired with yeah. your Apollo, and inside <laughs> the software, it's quite a lot of things that we we could talk about. You know, if you're if you're in okay, right. So this was the confusion. They were obviously they were being media brief not to say the word DAW. And the first guy I spoke to didn't mention the word DAW. And every time he flipped a screen, I just saw this DAW, and I thought, oh, that must be a DAW that they've hooked up to Luma. Luna, I don't know what it is. So I didn't. I did a whole video and I came out of it and not knowing that it was basically a DAW. And then I did another yeah. video with Lev where I kind of got it. It's like, okay, so this is the idea is with the Luna is it's a fully functional DAW that integrates directly with the Apollo interface. So it kind of integrates the console. Active, it also integrates the ability to have, they call these Luma, I think they're Luma extensions or Luma, I've forgotten what they, exactly what they're called, but there's like a mini mode. There are virtual instruments as well, which aren't running on the DSP. They're running in native mode, but the integration between the DSP and the native plugins within Luna is way tighter. All the latency compensation, the offloading of the DSP usage and what is, is very tightly managed and really powerful. So essentially they are launching and it's free. So it's if you buy an, an Apollo into face or a, a arrow you will get it and that will be free to you to you so they're trying to encourage i guess a new uh generation of people to use their daw tied to their uh the hardware maybe for um users i don't know such as you robbie who's got you know legacy years and years working in logic or whatever it is you you have worked in or working yeah you know, that would be a big ask for you but well, for the new look, generation i mean i mean i didn't i i every time i tried to go to the booth it was just like packed couldn't get near it um, so I actually, and I, I've totally forgotten to look into it. it I, I assumed because it was UA that it was going to be like a, a, a very elegant, streamlined, stripped out DAW, if you can use that word, that kind of had a kind of workflow that reminded you of working with tape. So it was kind of the sort of thing that if you're 
maybe in the past would have bought something like a radar or something as right. like the bridge between tape and using a computer. This was going to be like a sort of a, a very sort of classic way of recording with a computer. But I guess it's not that at all. No, it's not. It's a DAW. I can because <laughs> that's what which, they said yeah, to me I when I went over there. They said the same thing. They yeah, said the same thing. It's not a DAW. It's a it's a recording environment. Yeah, which is a DAW, but it does MIDI as well. So the whole thing is in, what what's yeah. really interesting about it is because incorporating console and your other plugins and latency compensation. So what it allows you to do is to integrate. Uh, UAD plugins on the DSP and native plugins, uh, they could be VST and AU as well, or at least AU for sure, and it's okay. Mac only at the moment, within the same channel strip with all of that timing stuff sorted out and you don't have to worry about okay, well, that's, making that's it. Okay, well, that's cool. That's the big... Yeah, I mean, same as Robbie. I tried to, I like, waited in line. for. I was like, what am I waiting in line for? Why We don't do lines in there. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, the rule that we have. Um, we're like, well, it's like all hidden. I can't even see what is happening. Yeah. Like trying to read the signs, and I try to talk to someone over there, and I'm like trying to understand what it is. I'm like, oh, so it's a DAW. Well, no. Well, it is though. And then they refuse to, you know, acknowledge. What, hey, it was so frustrating, and I, I, I forgot to like kind of look about it later yeah, because same. I was just so angry by the situation. <laughs> it's the message. It's the message. I'm, I'm UA are a fantastic company. I'm put. And are, I think what they've are. done is, I think what they're trying to do is not tread on any of their existing DAW partners yeah. because obviously they work very tightly with Pro Tools and Logic and all sure. of those people and they, they don't want to queer that pitch but ultimately, I mean, that's what they've done. I mean, there's, there's no... So, so yeah. But I mean, do you know, you, do know, you, know, like, you know, in the way that Apogee, for instance, have got... There's some integration for Apogee hardware within Logic. Do you think, do you think the kind of stuff that they've kind of done with Luna we might see them license it out to other companies to allow a more elegant workflow with UAD um, hardware within established DAWs. Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't know whether that's the case or not. I mean, I think maybe they're heading towards an API and having tighter control. Sorry, Matt, you wanted to come in there as well. Um, I was just going to ask if you knew if they were selling those jackets they were wearing. No, I did get a, uh, I did get a, a shot. I got a plastic shot glass. That's the best I could do. Oh, well, if they're, if they're watching and a patch, this, you, you could get the patch. Did you see? Oh. They had guys like at a bar in the back wearing like NASA spacesuits too, like big white. I feel yeah. like I saw it. It was aesthetically, yeah, was a, it was a very cool presentation. I'd like the spacesuit. Yeah, the spacesuit. Okay. Yeah, if anyone's watching from UA, can you please send us some spacesuits and some jackets and some patches, please? That'd be superb. <laughs> well, we can figure. It may make mixing a bit hard with the yeah, space well, that's helmet. Yeah, well, that's true. That'd be cool. <laughs> monitoring, perhaps. Well, in fact, I'm speaking yeah, of monitoring. monitoring. There was some really interesting uh, headphones as well. There was Head, who had their yeah. uh, now. What do they call this? They call it the. Uh, it's got a really unique name, and it's basically like their a full range version of their tweeter, which is like a membrane, which it vibrates. So these massive headphones that create uh, for a 10 hertz to 40 kilohertz frequency range. Apparently they sound incredible. I mean, they are quite specialized. I mean, they're 1800 bucks, I think. They're quite expensive oh, yeah, those, and they're big, yeah. but they are supposed to be, you know, very, very good for monitoring. There's, there's a whole bunch of, uh, obviously the, the other headphone technology was the Boss Wazza Air, which is the guitar DSP, in in your headphones so it's kind of like this was really cool so that they 
you plug your guitar into the WASA transmitter, which sends the audio to your headphones over 2.4 gigahertz. The position, there's positional data in your headphones, which means you can have like the amp behind you. And when you move around, it's like the amps behind you. So you're in the space with your guitar simulator, or you can throw it a whole band you can throw an mp3 behind you and that or you can have it in front of you you can create these sort of and when you're turning the orientation of where the amp is in space remains consistent so it's a very immersive mm. and i tried it and it was absolutely incredible and it's sort of it started getting the team thinking it's like well okay well let's have one of those for keyboards one of those for drums so everybody wears the same thing they all move around in a so you can have a complete waza air rehearsal scenario the only person who gets uh, gets the short end of the stick is the vocalist because they actually it's a funny have to name. physically make a noise waza yeah it, it's i keep it's, thinking you're saying wazuk wazuk <laughs> well was yeah, was I don't know, it, but it did sound very good, and it it won it won award. There's another funny story with that because our our awards are rosettes because they're they're the things that we can get in our cases. If we did big acrylic awards, we'd have to have a whole case just to bring them over, and it would cost a bloody fortune. I might look into it because it does look a bit cheap. And because when we went to Boss, <laughs> the, the, Rebecca, who's fun, who's who's one of the marketing people, you know, she she said, right, I'm going to go and find the president of Boss, and I was thinking, I can't give him a one dollar piece of paper and a rosette and have him kind of seem gracious when he gets the award it just seems so laminate the paper do you think i should (laughs) (laughs) but yeah there was um but anyway that that was really cool technology and i think there's a lot of legs in that because the bluetooth of your phone does the control but the audio goes over and they had um like they had this uh, there's a video of uh ingui malmsteen who just looks like a bear across with elvis And he was playing and he was going, this is really cool. But all you can hear is the sort of plinky plink of the guitar unamplified. So it's really hard to film a demo because you need to wear the headphones. There's no line out, you know, which is one one thing that maybe uh, they could um, Did you get to check out the the Barefoot Output uh, collab speakers, which I thought was like an interesting mashup? No, what was that? So Output, which are typically a... Uh, a plugging company, although they have the platform desk, they teamed up with Barefoot to come up with these uh, little speakers. Um, they're like similar to like small Focals or uh, what is it, the Yamaha HS8s or 10s? Airfields, aren't they? Yeah. Um, is that these? Yeah. Yeah, they were. I tested them out. Um, it was a little difficult in that space, but at a price point that they were for Barefoots, I was I was really impressed. They're mm. like fourteen hundred when they actually hit market for the pair. Six point five. That's so. Yeah, six nine nine each. Okay. Uh, pre-order. Yeah, because output do uh, studio furniture as well, don't they? They've got like a, they do a desk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the platform. So desk. That, yeah, that's platform. right. Yeah. Interesting diversification. Yeah, it's nice. I just think it's interesting to see a plug-in company like branching into like other areas like that. I don't know, but I thought it was. Mm. I'm curious mm. to see when they come out to actually properly test them. I didn't see that, unfortunately. I'm afraid I I, I can't uh, I can't um, I can't testify to that. I'm trying to think. I, I thought that my memory was coming back, but it seems to have, seems to have de- deserted me yeah. once again. Um, <laughs> any other any other takers? I mean, some other cool stuff. I'm just trying to think what other cool stuff there was that uh, that. It was that, cool to see the Zoya effects come to Eurorack. Yeah. yeah, the Eurobrew. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So that that opens up a whole new host of modulation and integration, I suppose, with oh, I CV get, modulation. I've got a bit of room. Oh, okay. How many U is it? It's about the size of the actual, it's about the footprint of the actual pedal as it stands. Oh, well, I wouldn't get enough. Oh, well. 
You'd have to get another case, Robbie. I vowed I wouldn't get another case. Well, sometimes oh, you just... Uh, did anyone... The, uh, we also saw the AMS Neve uh, RMS, yeah, RMS 16, cool. and uh, which really does look good and sounded lovely, even to the point where... Um, uh, they've they've emulated they, because that you can't buy the same digital IOs in them anymore. They've kind of they've they've modelled the crapness of the original so that the the higher quality <laughs> ones they've put in there can sound like the uh, and it did sound really nice. But um, you need a you need you need a lunchbox system to put it in because it's only System Five Hundred, which is uh, which is kind of a shame. So you know, it's they've 1200... got their own one though, haven't they? Ah, they've have they? they got their, they they were showing their own their own kind of rack thing where you could get a couple in together so with a controller with a controller unit so oh, it looks, looks like you could probably buy a self-contained one mm, okay that but that but it's 1200 for the base thing uh just going back yeah, to the yeah. zoya i remember I, I was watching the video on that and the thing that's cool about the zoya i mean normally it's self-contained but also a lot of those modules will work as cv processing so you can have them as controllers that will output yeah. envelopes and LFOs and and, and, mod, and modify incoming CV and spit out other stuff. That was kind of cool. Very um, interesting. And uh, a, a mention for the um, Kratos Audio concept, which probably hasn't got the most appealing um, uh, UI, but the stuff that you can do with, because it's all modulation-based and it's just drag and drop, you can bring in audio in, inputs as modulation sources, so you can modulate the decay with a side chain from another channel in the DAW or a live input, and get these really interesting audio rate and amplitude rate uh, stuff. Which I must say, uh, I hadn't heard anything quite like it. I would check out the demo, and I think they've got Crotus some stuff. Crotus Audio, there. what was it? Uh, concept. I'm just going to see if I can fuck the Crotus Audio concept. Let's see if I can. Crotus uh, Audio. Crotus. Oh, that's not what I was trying to say. Crotus audio concept let's see if i can find it it's this thing and i have to say they possibly it's uh it's 99 bucks at the moment it's uh oh, it's cheap it's not expensive no i mean i think perhaps the gui could be revisited a little bit um, oh, i but, hate white gui's well at least it's not wood oh yes at least it's not wood <laughs> just trying to find Oh, yeah, there's some there's some very interesting stuff going on there, and I've not seen mm. that audio uh, audio rate like, inputs yeah. being being kind of utilised that much. In fact, we gave them the best plugin award because uh, I thought it was one of the more interesting things that I saw there, or certainly okay. heard. Uh, what company is that again? Crotos Audio. Well, that their other technology is really mm. interesting. So what they do is they make plugins for post production for, for uh, spot effects, for Foley. And what you oh, do yeah, is right. you watch the picture, and if there's somebody walking along, you just record a, a track on your door going... for footstep points. And then you run it through their system, and it randomizes from a whole big collection of footsteps. And so it's a bit like that kind of... Uh, uh, Unity engine, so it, uh, but no, it's not Vocaline, and it turns your your overdub of Foley into trick samples that are triggering. So footsteps would be triggered from your your audio input that you were watching. So oh, if you're watching you. somebody doing a sword fight, you'd be going oh ching chong, you know, and it, and then <laughs> it would map those sounds to sort of swords, which you could then design and add a certain amount of you know ring or whatever it's really clever actually so they're very uh -huh. smart cookies um and but it's just a very this is their first instrument so it's kind of very different goodness did you do did you do a award for the kind of 
strangest looking thing at Nam by any chance because I, I think yeah. the dirt for joystick. The oh, dirt don't for joystick. joystick. Was, that des- that deserves that medal if anything. I mean, it's it's really cool. At first, I was like, what? But um, so you've got this joystick basically, and it, I think it's got a push button. It's got left, right, up, down. Uh, and it sort of flicks back into position, and you can you just use it for sending modulation around. Uh, you know what? Uh, I think I've got uh, uh, this thing. It's quite it's quite erotic. Look at the size of it. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> yeah, well, check that out. <laughs> I did not see you had that to dong it, answer. didn't you? Yeah. Oh, um, yep. So, and it, I think it's what it is as a joystick for controlling. It's what you use in TV studios to record, uh, to control remote cameras. So you have the twist right. and the pan and the zoom and the tilt. So oh, it's a number of axes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, to be that big? Well, it's, it uses it uses a part that already exists in the world. So, I mean, I guess that's why oh, it's, it is that big. But I think you might have trouble fitting your your case lid over that. I don't know. Yeah, I won't be able to get yeah. that closed. Definitely. No, you wouldn't. Imagine you know, if you had a bank of them. It would be. I mean, I always, I, I already get a weird look when I go through airports with this thing, and I have to take the lid off. And you can imagine it with that sticking out as well. Like, what? <laughs> I think maybe they should make it in the multiple co- in different colours. Oh, yeah, I tell you what I saw, which I had techno lust for, which was a real is a real ergonomic thing. But the Virgo and me was kind of was impressed by it. Was the when I BT and Richard Devine did like a did a presentation for Korg on the 2600s they had like three of them but Richard had this amazing I had never seen it the IntelliGel case for his Euro rack that's got all like everything built in like the MIDI yeah. and the ins and outs yeah and, yeah and I immediately was like oh I want that because it's like just such an elegant solution for Euro rack stuff ah, so, um, that performance case is that it? I'm just looking yeah, at it yes it's really nice it's the best thing. yeah oh yeah okay and then it's oh, got the ins thing. and outs across the top. You've got on the back all the yeah. ins and outs and your USB and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, lo- it's well, lovely. I have to say, if you've uh, if you've not seen the Nifty Case people, which were that really cheap uh, UK-based thing, um, they do they do a, a rack for – and they've got uh, audio I.O. and USB and MIDI I.O. Oh, okay. built into it as well. And they're like 299. I mean, it's, it's a different oh. thing. Um, it's not as it's not quite the same sort of you know robustness and roadworthy side of it, but it's way way cheaper. And if you're not going to nifty, move what around, nifty cases did you say? Nifty cases, yeah. Um, Write that down as well. I'm learning lots today. <laughs> nifty case. I did a I did a, um, a a create audio. It is so this thing. I don't know if I can make that any bigger or not. So you get create with an eight. Create yeah. audio. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's right. A little screenshot. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, oh excuse me. So yeah, I mean, there's there's so much that that we missed. I mean, bizarrely, you know, I was trying because I just finished the Moog One review uh, before the Argon Eight review, and I was trying to hook up uh, myself with Moog so I could see the bloody sub twenty five, and they just didn't seem to be able to happen because they didn't have anyone on on, uh, on site with it. They had a special sales room that nobody could get into, and and just didn't happen, which is a real shame. Um, but that was something I'd like yeah. to have seen. Uh, it's a shame when when it's a shame that seems to be a few a few people doing that now, taking things out and making those things sort of exclusive, and you know, well, just like you've exclusive got to exclusive re cheap. Room. Well, it's it's also you could hire you could probably hire a, a studio off site or somewhere nice off site for less than it costs you to have a table. At, at oh, that, okay. I think that's part. Yeah, of it. they do. Um, 
they do a little party now, which I was not invited to this year, and I was a little upset about that. But um, <laughs> I think it's because my husband wore a DX7 uh, shirt to the Moog One launch last year, and there's photos hey. of him playing a Moog One wearing it. And I, yeah, I was like, I feel like that's why we weren't invited back. <laughs> oh, that wouldn't be so petty, I'm sure. But uh, but yeah, I, 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 Moog One won the uh, Tech Award for the, uh, for, I think it was best best whatever something or other. I'm not sure what it was. Which I think um, it's interesting because given my feelings on the state of the firmware, I thought that was perhaps a little premature. But uh, hey ho, there I you go. I think my my sentiments echo yours. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I was, I was really nice to see Amos there. Actually, Amos, uh, we bumped into him when we were doing the awards because he was uh, on the stand. He's the head of the standards committee for the MIDI 2.0, so he received the rosette of. Uh, for, on behalf of um, the MIDI, the entire MIDI 2.0 industry, which I felt was, was quite, oh god, we didn't even mention the Arturia Keystep Pro, did we? Oh yeah, no. oh yeah, Keystep Pro. Yeah. Um, let's have a look. Uh, did I? They're smashing a... it with that. That's. I think that's, that's really cool. Oh, I know. I got the uh, the Pro Three. God, we. Are, I mean, this is this is Jim. Yeah, this is uh, Jim's uh, demo. I sounds played early. the Pro Three. This sounds lovely. I didn't get to oh, play yeah. on this. So I wish I had. Yeah, I would like to have one. <laughs> yeah, well, I did. A, yeah. I did a video with Dave Smith, and they won the best monosynth. Like clearly, it was hands down, and it was yeah, that was kind of nice. Um, but yeah, strange. the Arturia Keystep. Sorry, I, I was just going to say it was. It's strange to me because it didn't look like a a, a, day, a sequential instrument. It it, it just like, yeah. looked like some totally new like type of design. Which I, I mean, I'm not averse to it. It's just, it's just I like, I, I like it when you like continuity. I like continuity when companies carry aesthetics through, and it just seemed like a totally different a departure. Perhaps they're perhaps it's starting with a new thing. Well, they Maybe. had but, um, yeah. the the regular one, and then the was it the S that had the wood sides? So yeah, had the two versions. And I thought the it's the other become... one looked pretty in line. It was the wood one that looked vastly yeah, different. That, I guess I it's the knobs and all that kind of thing. It's all a very different modern kind of look. The, you know, kind of a slick, slick look compared to the kind of other stuff. But it's great. It sounds phenomenally good. It does sound good, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Dave was very, uh, very pleased with it, I think. And uh, So it's got switchable analog filter types. I think it's got an OB6 filter, a ladder filter with resonance base loss compensation. Hooray! That should be mandatory yeah. in all ladder filters, I think. Um, and a set, is it a SEM two pole? I, I can't remember now. And and you know a bunch of different oscillator types. It looks very interesting. Um, mm. What was the other thing? That, oh yeah, the Keystep Pro. That looks good. Although I still can't figure out um, what's going on with the. Uh, let's see if I got it here. Yeah, I can't figure out because basically it's only got five knobs, whereas the Beatstep Pro had sixteen, which is kind of what makes it kind of particularly yeah, useful I have in many the beat ways step. so i'm not quite sure the, the, how that's going to work you have the beat step yeah the pro or the well, i have the, a beat step pro yeah the pro we have a uh the other one as well but we have the pro i'm probably going to get a second one because we have two uh separate rack cases one upstairs and one downstairs and i that was exactly my feeling i a like i i missed the knobs and b i'm not sure that i need that keyboard in theory it felt like a cool thing but when i actually messed around with it it didn't seem as useful to me as the beatstep pro but that's oh, for I mean. my personal use so i don't know okay yeah i mean it's sort of almost like the keystep the beatstep pro and a keyboard and the keystep keyboard, yeah would be more that I, I don't know i i again i didn't shoot the video so i don't know exactly what it offers in terms mm. of uh, uh you know the, over the 
having yeah. the two separate units, whether it's got some extra extra features, but we'll have to check that out. My goodness. Uh, what? Oh, yeah, um, the Nectar uh, Aura. Was it Aura? Oh, yeah, that's good. That's Did you see that? The pad controller. Yeah. Yeah, the I went and saw that. Rolf gave me a good demo of that. Yeah, so that the, the uh, that was a sixteen pad controller with the same sort of approach as the Nectar P four. So it runs Nectarine, and you can run a plug in per pad. So you can build these very complex kits uh, and have a, a parameter access. And it's also got an onboard sequencer that sequencer, runs in yeah. standalone mode. So you could use it for a little simple drum sequencer with you know I don't know something that that without having the computer attached. I I, yeah. I think it's uh, I, I think it's hard to compete that with you know NPCs and that stuff. In fact, we did we even mention the NPC uh, one. Did anyone see that? That was pretty cool. The NPC one, which is a standalone, the new little NPC I, one, yeah, which I has uh, I'm going to have to find a picture of it. Which has it kind of takes the X and the live and mashes them together, removes the battery, makes it the same form factor, but also adds the CV and gate, so you get an NPC one, an NPC live, but with CV and gate and without the batteries is kind of the gist of it. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Uh, anyone see the demo we did of the Akai Force with that guy, Nick Trakakis? He was no. really shit hot. I have to see if I can find it. I'm uh, Akai. I, I'm, I'm sure you've probably got other places to be, but I just, I might have to, yeah. Let's see if I can get <laughs> this in here. So he was doing some amazing... right here. I'll start playing that now. What he was doing there was some really interesting stuff with obviously zoning the pads on the on the force, but using note repeat on all of them, but triggering them uh, singly, and then also holding down to get additional repeats it was really clever actually yeah. and he got some and then by adding delays to certain instruments you got all these kind of got double times. It, it was really yeah, yeah really right. cool very interesting way of using it that was probably my bet my most favorite demo and he was really passionate about it <laughs> and and he and he looked very cool it, he looked a bit like i thought he was kind of like a version of uh luke perry i don't know what do you think tori <laughs> Am I am I off the mark there, or is it about? Uh, I, I'm asking you to see to look at this on your tiny little sure. phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's him. He looks yeah. like, like young Luke Perry vibes. Why not? Yeah, uh, okay. Luke Perry, all right. He got he got the but, definitely uh, got the best hair award anyway of all the presenters. Um, <laughs> gosh, well, was, I mean, was Gaz? Did you see? Was Gaz's brother Cuckoo around? I didn't see him at the show. Yes, he was. I did yeah. see him uh, briefly. He was uh, he was filming some stuff there. Um, all right. I mean, a lot. I mean, it's as you say, Matt. The thing about it is meeting all the people and having the human contact and having fun. We had a lot of fun on Saturday night, and uh, uh, that was great. Uh, I didn't get to see Jamie. Jamie Liddell was on uh, the UA stand, and we've tried to hook up, but once Nam starts, I'm so unavailable. It sort of gets a bit depressing sometimes. One of these days, I'll be able to just swan about and kind of point people in the direction of stuff, and and, <laughs> and just be kind of spend my whole time yammering with yam, you know chatting with people um thank yeah. you folks um it's been great to have you on i want to say again thank you so much to the team uh who made it nam go so smoothly uh it all went very peachy also thank you very much to our sponsors uh various advertisers and whatnot it all helps us do the best we can from the show and the next one is going to be super booth in fact i booked the hotel today that's how 
quick it goes. But anyway, thank you, everybody. Uh, Robbie, thanks for joining us. Um, what are you on to Pleasure. next? Have you got stuff stuff in the pipeline? Um, I'm 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 I've I've got a deal making an EP, solo EP. So I'm I'm Whoa. I'm I'm headlong okay. into that for the next two months. Are you singing? So, yeah. I've got guest people coming on to it. I'm, I could sing, but I've got some guests coming on. Yeah. Cool, so man. it's full on. That's why, that's why it's like five, six cents have moved in. Because also Artura sorted me out a micro freak finally as well. So um, I've got my studio has just turned into synth, a synth den. Ah, well, so, you know, yeah. there are worse things that can happen. Yeah. That sounds great. Well, Keeps lovely to hear trouble. that. Yeah. And, and yeah, Matt so also, oh, sorry. So you're going to be doing no, no, that? So, 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 so that's it. So I'm just going to be, I'm going to be rolling out of bed and rolling into the studio and, and playing with step sequences for days on end. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Old school. Lovely to hear that, yeah. Robbie. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah. Also, uh, Matt, thanks for joining us too. Are, are you still in the, uh, oh. in the reverent, are you reverent or you, have you moved out of that space now? Yeah, I'm still here in the church. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm currently putting together some finishing stuff for my students tomorrow. I'm going to introduce some students into performing live with computers and how to integrate this sort of stuff, CVs, MIDI, audio, that kind of thing. Uh, speaking of Superbooth, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be playing there again this year. Just So I actually booked a hotel today for that. And I'm also doing a presentation and a performance this year at 7th Wave Festival um, in the UK. Excellent. As well, so just putting all that together, all that live set, and finishing off some new music as well. So into a new year, yeah. I, I can't Busy totally clients. that. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, Tori, um, you'll have to come over to Superbooth, right? Are you, you are coming this year, of course, right? I thought I was. I don't know that I am. That's a question for Yamaha. But um, I, I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll, lobby, for, I'll lobby for you. Please do. Um, no, I, I definitely want to get over there at some point, but uh, this year may not be my year, unfortunately. But you just finished a whole bunch of because when we last we talked to you, you were kind of you were working right through Christmas to do yeah. your cues for your film. Is that all finished now, or you've yeah. still got some snagging to do? Yeah, I, I wrapped that movie. I worked on Christmas Day. Um, that one's done. Um, and then I just two days ago, a short that I scored for Disney came out on Disney Plus. So that's available. It's called Fetch. It's super adorable. I would love for everyone to go stream it. And then next month, um, my side electronic project called Tiny Cat is officially launching into the world. Um, the first single is going to come out with a, as a collab with an artist that I'm a big fan of. So keep eyes peeled for that. And, Excellent. Yeah. So busy, busy, busy. And as, as it starts, I must ask you one thing. I was very, very disappointed with the weather in California this year. Has it got uh, any better? Yeah. <laughs> Is it going to be better? <laughs> has it got? Has it got better? Are you at least you're uh, having some some weather, right? Um, it's been really cold. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm from the East Coast, so I actually kind of like when it's gloomy. Um, because I, I mean, I don't really love when it's super sunny all the time. I like it being kind of dreary. But, uh, yeah, it's been like 40 degrees, which I'm not stoked on. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, man, missed it. You have to come missed. back. Well, one day, maybe I will. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a More hard sell. More than just during now. Yeah, I, 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 maybe so, if there's a good reason. Well, I guess it's always simplex, but yeah, I know Matt is. Matt was very enamored by, by the whole LA experience. So yeah, and Ga yeah. I know Gaz has been having a lot of fun and he's yeah, back. He's just come back, yeah. Well, he's just... everyone's welcome here, so. Well, thank you very I, I much. Even went, 
I even went to the places where Back to the Future was filmed. I went to Marty McFly's house, man. <laughs> Whoa. That's how nerdy I am. Yeah. <laughs> I went to see the DeLorean at the Peterson Museum. Whoa. The original okay. oh, yeah. And the Blade Dude. Runner. All the I'm Blade sensing Runner a vehicles. theme. Yeah, okay. Blade so, Runner vehicles were there. Oh, yeah, nice. Great. Wicked. Yeah, Robbie, we need to do some uh, geek out exploring the world and visiting yeah. the, the iconic movie great yeah you know locations and props oh i know i know one thing i was going to say forgot to say it you know when you mentioned about the amx and you said about them modeling the the crappy outputs from the past yeah it reminded me that when 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 stephen hawkins voice box broke a few years ago when they gave him his replacement he wasn't oh, yeah. happy with it because the voice yeah. was too good so they had to go back and remodel the crappy voice that he, he was known for <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. It's, it was his thing, wasn't it? It makes total there you sense. Go. It's the brand, yeah. isn't there it? There you go. It's the brand. There anyway, go, yeah. thank you, everybody. It's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, we've had a lovely time. Oh, yeah, don't forget if you are want to – I'll quickly do this now. If you want to enter the uh, isotope co competition – we're looking for the hashtag full power mixes, the hashtag ozone nine to at Sonic State and at Isotoping. That's a Twitter competition. You can win a copy of Ozone Nine Advance. That's it for this time. I will bring up the celebrity square so we can all wave ourselves off into the sunset. So thanks everybody for watching. See and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Bye bye. Bye. bye.